This morning, we welcome you to part two of our series, The Indomitable Spirit of Water Walkers. Someone say indomitable. It's your big word. Go use it at work this week and impress everybody. It means not easily discouraged or defeated. My title today is Fear is Not My Future. Someone say fear is not my future. Fear is not my future. I want to read from Jeremiah 32 and 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm and nothing. Someone say nothing is too difficult for you. We used to sing a song out of that. Um, In him we live and move and have our being back when we started the church. Ah, Lord God, there is nothing too big for you. And out of Hebrews 11 and 33, those we imitate who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Say, that's my people. That is your people. That's your DNA. That's God's tribe. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, and turned armies in battle that came against God. Fear is not my future. This morning, we're going to talk about two water walkers who would not quit. Look at your neighbor and say, I refuse to quit. I may whine. Come on. I may whine. I may complain. I may write a resignation, but I will not quit. Before I pray, interestingly enough, about two months ago, the Spirit of the Lord in an interpretation It was given through me. That doesn't matter. But it shocked me. He told the people not to turn in their resignation. Seven people now have told me that they came in that morning going to resign whatever they were doing in their work or in church. I remember later saying, wow, Holy Spirit, that was an odd thing to say. But you go. But he knows, doesn't he? I love it that the word of the Lord, have you ever gone through a period before I pray and you've listened to people, you've listened to their opinion, you've listened to so many things, and then all of a sudden God breaks forth with a sentence, with a word. It may be through something and it just settles everything in that time period. When God speaks, everything changes. Someone say amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit, Lord. You've given me a pastoral message, if it were, this morning. Let it be received by the people I love the most, Lord, and that is the your people of this house. Lord, let it bless those that I love dearly. They're listening by podcast, Lord, friends across this nation. But speak to us. Come, Holy Spirit, and let us know fear is not our future, that we can walk on water and do mighty things in the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. You can be a thermometer or a thermostat. Pastor Hank was famous for saying over and over again. You can walk into an atmosphere and adapt to the funk in the room. Come on, somebody. You can walk into an atmosphere. Have you ever walked in and thought, ooh, everybody's uptight here. I'll just be uptight too. Come on. Everybody's depressed here. I'll just be depressed. But water walkers walk into a situation and say, you know what? I'm not going to read the room. I'm going to change the room. I'm going to be a thermostat, and I'm going to change this atmosphere. I'm going to walk in his power, and I'm going to shift every atmosphere for good because when you step into a room, when you step into an atmosphere, 
the kingdom of Christ inside of you walks in and he changes everything. Somebody give him a shout of praise on this Sunday morning. Come on. I want to talk to you this morning about the prophet Jeremiah. He is the first one and the gentleman connected to him. Both of these come out of the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a water walker. He was called to Israel at a time that was not pleasant, kind of like the world we live in. He saw the justice of God delayed. He saw the justice of God delayed over and over again. But God assured him that justice would not be denied. And for 40 years, I'm sorry, the church has prayed for the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And this week, the justice was delayed, but it was not denied. Somebody give Jesus praise. I'd been in my prayer room and worshiping and I stepped into the hallway and Fox News was muted and I looked down and saw the ticker and I'm dramatic, I know, but I dropped to my knees. I lost my control of English. I began to worship and I began to cry. I'm going to tell you, if we stay faithful in what God has called us to do, there is anything, there is nothing that God can't do, but the church has got to stand for what is right. We've got to stand for justice. We've got to stand for mercy. You see, I've walked women through abortion. I've prayed with them healing prayers. Holy Spirit. I have smelled the smell they smelled. I have felt what they felt as we were alone in rooms praying through those memories. I know what baggage they carried, but I also know that every woman I ever prayed with, I don't know the other women today are redeemed and walking in fulfillment and believing in the sanctity of life. Jesus can give mercy to those who have been suffering and he can give justice to unborn babies. Someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. He is merciful. And Judah had departed from God. If you think we're living in a time, someone said to me recently, if I could just live in any other time, and these are scary times. These are so scary. God called Jeremiah to live in this day. It was between the Assyrian, and this is for the history buffs, and the Babylonian. Assyrian fell over Judah, but Babylon was at the gate. Nebuchadnezzar had sieged the city for days and weeks. They had no food. But Jeremiah kept calling on God's people to turn to God. He pursued a nation. He became the very legs, the very hound of heaven, searching and tracking those that are hurting. I think God is looking for some modern-day Jeremiah's that will walk on the water and search out the hurting and search out the troubled. And when people are under siege, they will continue to speak the word of the Lord that God is faithful and God can do anything. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. Water walkers have to discredit and lower the opinions of others. You better turn the volume down on the opinions of others. And you better turn the volume up on what God says about your life. You see, when Peter fell, as we talked about two weeks ago, Tanner, I'm sure when the disciples told the story, I just know how people are. I hate it, but we are human. And they probably said, yeah, that's when Peter fell. And Peter said, no, that's when I walked. And he picked me back up. You see, Peter put an emphasis on the end of the story. And you and I have got to put an emphasis that the Lord chose you. In the book of John chapter 15, it says, you did not choose me, says the Lord. But I chose you and 
I ordained you, every person in this room. He called you. He chose you. He chose Jeremiah. I don't care if you were conceived in the back seat of a car. I don't care if you were conceived through two incredibly godly people. I don't care if you don't even know who your daddy is. God saw you before you were born. He knows you. He's called you by name. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, he has chosen you. And he has redeemed you. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise this morning. In the book of Psalms, page God says our lives are precious to him. Psalm 72 and 14. That word precious, we think precious like, oh, you little precious baby. We would say over Harper Jane, oh, you're precious. That's a sweet word. But in the Hebrew, precious means costly, of high value. It means great worth. When God says we are precious to him, when he told Jeremiah, these people I've called you to, they are precious to me. They are obstinate and they are stubborn. They're going to break your heart, but I love them. I'm going to tell you some one time years ago, I got into a war with someone from a very bad part of the occult. It was horrible and horrible, but I stayed focused on Jesus. But the Lord kept saying to me, when you pray for her, don't see her in her vileness. See the little girl that danced around her daddy's legs. See the little girl that worshiped when she was little. You see, God goes back and sees us in our innocent. He goes back and sees us. That's why God calls those things that are even though they are not. That's why even now today, that was 25 years ago I went through that. But even today when I feel attacked, the Lord says, see that person as the little boy they once were. See them as the little girl they were and pray for them. They are precious in my sight. I have chosen them. They don't know it. They're stiff-necked. They're double-minded. They're running. But you get on your water-walking feet and shoes, and you begin to chase like the hound of heaven and saying, I'm not going to shut up till you give up. Come on, somebody. Give Jesus praise this morning, everybody. (laughs) Jeremiah staked his claim into what God had, and God is calling you and I to say fear is not our future. We should not settle for temporary relief. Sometimes we just want a temporary relief to cope with a disappointment. We pray just for a little something, but God wants you to contend for the demonstration of the mighty salvation of the Lord. God wants you to contend for more than you begin to ask him for. The Bible says in Psalms 34 and 17, the righteous cry out. Someone say cry out. And the Lord hears them and he delivers them from all their trouble. The Bible says in Psalms 32 and 8, For the Lord loves justice and he will never abandon the godly. Psalm 7 says God is a just judge. Isaiah 61 says I the Lord love justice. I will faithfully reward my people. I'm going to tell you this morning that what looks denied in your life is simply delayed. That God is a God of justice. That land deal you're waiting on. That bank account you're believing for. That house that you want to buy. That situation you're thinking about. Let him turn it for your favor. That prodigal that's breaking your heart. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. So let him turn it in your favor. Fear is not your future He is. Come on, somebody. He is your future. Sickness is not your story. Heartbreak is not your home, as the singer said. Jesus, you are even death. Even death is not the end. Jesus is the end. He is the future. Today, let us believe for hello peace, hello love, 
Hello, joy. Hello, strength. It's a new horizon. It's a new breakthrough. And fear is not my future. Come on, somebody. Jeremiah had to declare over himself a colossal, colossal mission for a colossal man. Nebuchadnezzar gets all the, the rewards. He gets all the, the uh, temporary yells as he rolls in to Israel to take them into siege. Nebuchadnezzar comes. He builds all those things. We studied that in the book of Daniel. I cannot repeat that this morning. But Jeremiah, in the midst of everything going on around him, Jesus said in the last days, the scariest things will be people. It won't be the wars and the rumors of wars. You read it. It'll be the people. They'll be unthankful, ungrateful, unholy. Uh, they will minded. They will go after everything and everybody. But fear is not our future because God said to Jeremiah, they may attack you, but I will be like a wall of fire around you. For he who touches you touches the very apple of my eye. A wall of fire means an in something that protects you from an invading agent. So I want to tell you today in this world we live in where there are some scary things going on, we must be like like Jeremiah and say I'm going to build for eternity because Nebuchadnezzar knocked that city down. Nebuchadnezzar built all those gardens. Nebuchadnezzar it built up Babylon and his name was known until he fell and got restored. But Jeremiah said like the Hebrews writer, I am looking for a city not made by the man man's of hands of man. I am building things. I am imparting things because you can't take into the next world your stock market you can't take the money you put in your account you can't take that safe Jesus is not going to say grab that 500,000 you're sitting on Jesus is just going to say come up or go down but when you come up I hope you bring the investment you gave to people I hope you bring the words you gave to people I hope you bring the encouragement that's the only thing you're going to take into eternity someone give Jesus praise in the middle of difficult circumstances, Jeremiah kept his eyes on the Lord. He refused to be shut up to him. And get this. He is a prisoner in the king's court. But for us, that's a prison of certain circumstances. Walls of difficulty. You know what, though? In the very king's court, God begins to whisper secrets to Jeremiah. And breakthrough comes. I don't know about you. But God whispers the best in the darkness of what I'm going through. Can I get an amen? Psalms 139 says that his light and the darkness are the same to him. I submit to you this morning the secrets of the secret place you found in the time of darkness. Micah 7:8. though I walk in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I'm going to tell you, have you ever been somewhere and it's so dark you can't even see your hand? You can't see anything. Pastor Hank and I were one place sometime, and I, we couldn't see anything. And I heard him say, baby, come to me. Follow my voice. I can't see you. Rhonda, take a breath. And follow my voice because I was just shaking. It was pitch black down in a remote part of the woods of Georgia. And he said, follow my voice. I'm telling you, when I got to his hand, he goes, here I am, here I am. That's the way it is with the light of God. When things seem dark, even the flashlight, even the candle of the glory of the Lord lights up everything. And I'm going to tell you, Jeremiah in his limited circumstances found his eyes on God and said, I'm going to invest in eternity. Look at your neighbor and say, fear is not 
my future. You see the times that he pulled you through. That's what we're going to talk about here this morning. The times he pulled you through. Don't tell us how you pulled yourself up. There's no intrigue in that story. There's nothing to glorify any of us, but tell us how when you were in the darkness, tell us how when you were in that pit that he pulled you out. This was a prophet who wouldn't quit. His tenacity was there. God told him in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, help me, Lord, 15 and 18, you are to influence them. Do not let them influence you. I want you to say that. I am to influence them. They are not to influence me. There's ever been a time as a country, as a body of Christ all over the world, that we need to stand firm in conviction. It is now. That we need to stand for truth. It is now. That we need to stand that we are not some offspring of some chimpanzee. Come on, somebody. That a big bang did not erupt in the world. Even most scientists do not believe that. I've seen them debate debate about it. In fact, Lee Strobel debated one of the most famous atheists of our time, articulate in his words, awesome. No one had ever been able to debate him. And there was an audience of people who were not Christians or non-Christians, and they would vote on who was right. And Lee Strobel came up. He, he's written several books, The Case for Christ. He's, he's an incredible author, prolific. And so he debates him, and the crowd went wild, and the crowd voted that were not believers, that Lee Strobel refuted every argument of the atheist but there was a secret no one told the crowd underneath where the pulpit was in a Sunday school room underneath were 60 believers gathered together praying and believing for the unction of the Holy Spirit to erupt those are the moments that we know our prayers matter our prayers live for eternity and our prayers turn the tide someone give Jesus a shout of prayer praise hallelujah those ideas that attack our faith we have to stand and say I believe God oh Lord God nothing is too difficult for you from the isles of the Pacific to the mountains of Switzerland today the church of Jesus Christ will profess we keep our eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith Jeremiah in his moment of weakness of trying to reach these people and, and do the clarion call for God's salvation he told the Lord just listen to this water walker I love it I love that God keeps these things in the book he said I wished I had never been born I am hating and I'm starting to hate myself anybody ever been that way I wished I'd never been born I hate myself because everyone hates me you sent me here to do this work but I'm struggling in the midst of it and the Lord said something so powerful you see Peter walked out on the command of Jesus come to me and what God says to us is is this as thus for therefore becomes that anchor that we stand on and the Lord said to him Jeremiah all will be well with you. Your enemies in the end will ask you to plead on their behalf. Don't you love it that God sends you back into the pit and help people that tried to destroy you? Come on, somebody. Don't you love it that Jesus uses you? I've been called into emergency rooms. I've been called into dark places. Pastor Hank, thousands of them into the very room of someone that ate me up. And then when they got desperate and thought they were going to 
die. I'm begging you to come see me. And I didn't go in pride. I went with humility. But for the grace of God, there go I. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to find in the days to come, water walkers, you're going to be called in to help some people that drew boundaries and said things about you. And when you do, you go in the name of the Lord. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. For he is in the midst of you. Look at your neighbor and say, fear is not my future. God said, I will protect you, Jeremiah. I will keep you, Jeremiah. It didn't feel like it on water walking days. But he said, I will fight for you. They will not conquer you. He went on to say, you will be my witnesses. A familiar passage you probably remember. The Lord said to Jeremiah, do not say that you are a youth. Meaning, do not say you're not up to this task. For you shall go to all that I send you. And whatever I command you to speak, don't be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you. And then the Lord touched his mouth and said, I have given you the words. Someone say the words. And this is what you'll do. And I feel this is what the church is doing in this day. To root out, to pull down, to destroy to throw down and to build and to plant. We'll get there in just a second. But it's a mighty thing. What God is saying, I've called you to be my witnesses and you will go forth to root out, to root out the bitter roots in people's hearts. Like I talked about, the people I've sat with that have gone through abortion and it's just eaten them up or people that have been mistreated or abused. And it's wonderful to watch Holy Spirit. James says bitterness is a root. And it's wonderful to watch Holy Spirit as he did for me 33 years years ago reach in and pull up a root we are called to pull up the roots of degradation of despondency of hopelessness this church will do it all the more can you say amen and it says to destroy what are we going to destroy there's only one thing we're going to destroy the works of the devil someone say the works of the devil we're not out here to destroy anything or anybody else but the works of the enemy. When I first started working with people, someone came to me um, that was MPD. I won't go into all that. And I was so terrified. I didn't understand why I was called to work with her. I just freaked out about, 30, well, about 26 years ago. And the Spirit of the Lord said, for this reason was the Son of God manifested. He might destroy, take some unglued, the works of the devil. And the Lord Jesus said to me, I have called my people to undo what the devil has done. I have called my people. We don't have to be something. I didn't have a degree. I had never done that before. But today I give credit and honor to Jesus alone because Holy Spirit just kept feeding me the next word. He just kept feeding me the deliverance. You see, you're called into your community, in your family. You're called into the workplace to destroy the works of the enemy. And then you're called to build back up. Someone say build back up. To build back up. God told Jeremiah, I will rebuild on the very ruins that these people live in. That means that the Lord comes in. We talked about this in Nehemiah, Jeremiah 13, 18. This city will be rebuilt on her ruins. I don't like my ruins. I don't like my past. Anybody with me? I don't like my past sin, my past disappointment, my past everything. But it's those things, even my personal testimony, that the Lord continues to build on because he wants to show people it is when I rebuild on the very place you were devastated that the world says there's no way that anybody could have done this but God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. There's nobody that anybody could have done this except the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, fear is not my future. Such a powerful thing. And then we're called to plant kindness, mercy. That's how we change the atmosphere. 
you'll see that Jeremiah was an atmosphere shifter. And you'll see the other gentleman that comes into the story. In the book of Jeremiah 32, something powerful happens. And the Lord says to Jeremiah, your cousin is coming to you. Now, Jeremiah's in prison. Jerusalem's going to fall. But he says, he's coming to you and he's going to offer you a field. It belongs to the family. It's your right to redeem it. And I want you to buy it. And so that, that day, that afternoon, as a confirmation, the cousin came to the prison and said, Jeremiah, I want to offer you this land. Jeremiah does something that's so powerful that I want to challenge you today on the things you're believing for. The things that you're believing for, that you can stand on God's word, that you can believe and you can invest even in it, even when it looks like it's not doing anything. Because what he does is so powerful. He does the bill of sale, and he does it with witnesses. I don't know, have you ever thought, God, if you call me to walk on the water, let me do it in the closet where nobody's watching? Come on now. God, if you call me to do something that's controversial or that people may not understand or think, she crazy. They thought that a lot about me. They keep thinking it. She crazy. I can't believe he's doing that. And I think, Lord, let me do it in, a, in, a, in, a, in just a secret place. But the Lord had Jeremiah call out witnesses. He had people come. He had tribes come to see him in the prison while he purchases. He counts out the money for the field, puts it in there, gets the deed of trust to a field in a land that's going to be destroyed but he says I'm going to do this and he puts it inside of a pottery jar he said that will last a long time because what he says is this act of faith this act of declaration is saying even though this land is going to be destroyed God says in the book of Jeremiah 33 you say in this place that is desolate without man or beast you say in this place that's overgrown because Nebuchadnezzar wiped them out you say it's over but I the Lord say at the appointed time I will do all the good that I have promised and it shall be come on give him a praise in this house and it shall be heard once again in this place. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of those that say the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. In that one declaration he said to everyone in the open. Things are going to happen. But God is going to rebuild this city. God is going to raise it up. Lands will grow. Flowers will grow. I have stood in Jerusalem. I have seen the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. I have seen the desert and the sea of Galilee, the very land that Nebuchadnezzar destroyed. And I have seen weddings, marching and dancing. You've never seen a Jewish wedding. They dance all the way to the welling wall. I've seen the little boys get their bar, bar mitzvah. It's beautiful. They're shouting. They're rejoicing. And every time I see it, maybe you can go with me someday. I want to lift my hands and shout. And it shall be heard once again in this place that is desolate. How does that repair to you or does that apply to you? It's this. In places that you see desolation. In places of prayer that you don't see the answer come. In places of barrenness. You declare and you decree. God has said it and I'm going to seal it. I'm going to invest in something that looks like it's not working. You see, Brother Chris, the stock market would have said, don't do that, Jeremiah. His financial advisors say, you're stupid, Jeremiah. But God said, do it, Jeremiah. You may wonder where Jeremiah 2911 came from it came from this right here I know the plans I have for 
you, says the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future and not to harm you. I wish I had a friend in this house this morning. Hallelujah. He bought into the future. He bought into that. He invested in what was to come. He invested in that season. Will you continue to pray for that prodigal that looks like they're going the opposite way? Will you continue to invest in something that looks like it's not working? I'm talking about kingdom working right now. I'm not talking about the stock market. Will you continue to invest your time even though you don't see a residual effect I'm going to tell you something. I led worship for years, and funny stories I'll tell later about that. But God taught me through that. Rhonda, don't watch what you see. Trust what I say is happening. And you know what? We've got to be like Jeremiah and say, I believe in the promise for my prodigal. I believe in that promise that I'll own my own business. I believe in the promise. Fear is not my future. Sickness is not my future. Bankruptcy is not my future. Homelessness is not my future. My children going to hell is not my future. I'm going to invest in prayer. I'm going to invest in time. And I'm going to seal it under the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to decree it. Someone give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, fear is not my future. Is not my future. It's one of the most powerful, what we call prophetic acts in the Word of God. Jeremiah. And this man that did so much as water walker, we come to the it's the ending, but it'll take the last 15 minutes that we have to finish it. He does all of this. I love that God, what God's word said to him, kept him alive through these next few chapters. Because the story turns super ugly right here, as it often does. The reason you love what you love, whatever that is that you watch on TV, is because it's complex. Because great authors have written it. The better authors pull me in with the intrigue they pull me in with the complexity of the plot the dynamics and this is what happens to the book of Jeremiah some evil men who were princes of the king track with me so powerful they go to King Zedekiah who is Judah's king Israel's king but Babylon is approaching and destroying the city they, 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 people are eating people inside it's terrible it's horrible Jeremiah had warned them and warned them, don't keep doing what you're doing. Please stop. But you know, you know what? He kept helping them even when they did what he told them they shouldn't do. I don't mean he moved them into his house. I don't mean he gave them all their money. But I'm going to tell you something. I've, I used to say to Pastor Hank, I'm not going to cry about this. Well, maybe I will. I'd hear him talk to the men and I'd say, they, you, you just told them yesterday if they did that, he goes, Rhonda. I said, and you didn't tell him I told you so. I said, I can hardly believe it. He goes, Rhonda, that doesn't help anybody. I said, I know, and I know I wouldn't say it, but my God, you have a right to say it. He goes, I can't say that. He said, my appointment is to help them. <laughs> Even when they did exactly what I told them not to, and what would happen? One guy was wanting uh, two extra minutes for this story or a minute. One guy was... Pastor Hank told him, if you do this, you're going to go back to jail. So I hear Pastor Hank in his bathroom looking out the window. That's where he liked to pray. And I heard him say, he, he's picked up, took a call. He always took the calls from jail. And I heard him say, now I told you if you did this, 
I could not bail you out. I've bailed you out three times. And it was just one of those things that didn't show up when he was supposed to show up. That's usually what people get picked up for. And, and he was in a wrong association with someone, too, that we warned him about. But at any rate, I heard Pastor Hank, I thought, that man, that man of mine. He said, well, I already told you I'm going to do things. So I'm going to ask Pastor Rhonda. I'm sitting in the den going, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, because it's going to be all on her, whether you get bailed out. So I, he had the, he, he always, always talk on speakerphone, unless you were betraying your soul or, you know, or, or talking about your soul so much and betraying your soul. Yeah, that too. He wouldn't listen to that. My words are flowing freely this morning. I've got a plethora of words. But at any rate, so he steps out, and I'm just looking at him. He goes, hold on a minute. I'm going to put you on mute. He said, what do you say? I said, how many times have we bailed him out? Four. How much money have we spent? I said, no, you don't even have to tell me. I can tell you because I was the numbers person. I'll tell you how much we spent bailing him out. Then I took a breath. I said, I know you've put this on me, but what do you want me to do? I trust your heart in this moment more than I trust myself. He said, I want you to say that we'll bail him out. <laughs> so he gives her, well, Pastor Rhonda's giving you a go this time. She has said that we'll bail you out. I'll be there in a minute to pick you up. But you're going to have to work it off, buddy. I'm going to work in the yard. And boy, he did. He worked him in the yard. I do not know where I was going with that story, but it was beautiful. To keep reaching people when they do what we told them not to. Because Jesus didn't run away from me when he warned me and I did what he said not to do. Would you kill someone, Pastor Rhonda? No, ma'am. No, sir. But I've spoken harshly. Well, I've done a lot of things. This is not me revealing all my sins. But you have too. You have done what his word says not to do. And he did not walk away from you. So here he is and these evil men... Princes of the king go to King Zedekiah. Again, Judah's being overtaken because they did what God told them not to do. Nebuchadnezzar's rolling into the city. They're starving. And these evil men, these princes of Israel, that had nothing to do with Nebuchadnezzar, evil princes of Israel, went to King Zedekiah and said, you need to, you need to kill Jeremiah. He's been making people, people sad. and He's been saying bad things. Sometimes you will get persecuted for speaking the truth. And not everybody wants to hear the truth. They didn't want to hear the truth. They did not want to hear the truth through Jeremiah that this city is going to fall. We told you to stop doing those drugs. We told you to stop hanging out with Bob. I don't care how cute he is. We told you to stay away from Sally, that she's trouble. Come on, somebody. We told you to stop going by the magazines. We told you. We warned you. We encouraged you to stop gossiping. We encouraged you. But you did all this, and, he's, and it's happening, and they're mad at him. So King Zedekiah did something terrible, and he said, well, go ahead and do. He's in your hand. And they took Jeremiah, this prophet, and they put him in a cistern, which goes back to a sermon he preached in early Jeremiah, but I can't go there. I preached on Jeremiah so much in the potter. We can't go into those places. But when they put him into this cistern, he sank deep into the mire. Someone say the mire. In August, this was pure sentiment. It pulled Jeremiah under. There was no water. He was sinking deep into the mud and he was going to die. The most valuable person, don't miss this, in the kingdom, 
was put into a pit. The most valuable person was thrown into mud. The psalmist said of the messianic prophecies of Jesus and also of Jeremiah, I sink in deep mires, Psalm 69, where there's no standing. I've come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Let not the overfloods flood me, Lord. Let the deep water not swallow me up. And Lord, let not the pit shut its mouth. I looked for someone to take pity, but no one helped me. But I believe in that pit, Jeremiah didn't lean into the doubts he must have had. The discouragement he must have had. And he heard God say, I'm a wall of fire around you. I believe he heard God say, I've called you, I've chosen you. Jeremiah, in my words, is the power to withgold this trial, to withgold this situation. And I'm going to tell you who saved him. It wasn't a prince. It wasn't a king. It wasn't someone of royalty. It was an Ethiopian. Ethiopian, beautiful, dark-skinned servant. Someone say servant. Servant who went to the king. He ran to the gate of Benjamin and he said to the king, Jeremiah has been thrown into the pit and he is going to die. The Lord has called on you and I, as Proverbs 31 says, to open our mouth and speak in the cause of the speechless and to stand in the gap for those that are going to die. It was a servant. Why do I think it was a servant? And his name wasn't Ebed-Melech. That was like butler or baker. That was Ebed-Melech meant servant. He didn't have a title but servant. Because I think you and I, when we have endured our scars, when we've endured our dark places, those trials soften us. They don't harden us. And we get to the point where we say, Ebed Melik said, the atmosphere is going to shift. I'm taking this into my own hands. Someone mightier should have stood up. But here I am as a servant. And he ran to the gate, Benjamin. And the atmosphere shifted when his graciousness, his wisdom, and your atmosphere will shift in the workplace. When you walk in with peace, with kindness, with joy, with graciousness, someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. Come on, let him hear it. And he's in a pit with no way out. He's in a pit. Sometimes also we're in a pit of our own making. Sometimes we're in a pit that others have put us in. Sometimes we don't know why we're in a pit, a pit of despair, a pit of depression, a pit of worthlessness pit of insecurity. I've been in probably all of those pits at one time or the other. Sometimes you fight fear when you're in a pit and there's no way out. There's no way out either way. And you wonder if God has forgotten you. The Bible said that King Zedekiah said, okay, Ebed-Melech, take 30 men with you. I love this right here. This begins the glorious turnaround of the prophet Jeremiah. I love that the king's people that put him in, he sends 30 men in, divine turnaround, 30 men from his court to go get Jeremiah out of the cistern. Would we have been among them? They were weak. They weren't eating. In our times of less, are we still willing to be one of the 30 women or men of God in the hour of the king? 
that will say, King Jesus, I've got a lot on my plate, but I'm going after the pit dwellers. King Jesus, I've got less than I want in my bank account, but I'm going after the pit dwellers. King Jesus, I don't have all the strength I want. I don't have all the courage. I've got this habit I can't quit. King Jesus, I'm wrestling with this on the left, and I'm wrestling with this on the right, but I will be one of those that will go to those who dwell in pit and comfort them and lift them up out of the pit because I remember what Psalms 40 said. He lifted me up out of a pit. He put my feet on a rock. He put a new song in my mouth and many shall hear and shall sing the praises of the Lord our God. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house. Come on, somebody give him a shout of glory in this place. And I love what Ebed-Melech did. He ran to the king's, says the treasury underneath the king's palace. And he got some old garments. He got some old clothes. And he put them around this rope. He had a thing in mind about this, you see. They threw Jeremiah in. But he didn't want Jeremiah to be hurt coming out. The sin that threw others in the pit. The disparity that threw us in the pit. The foster children that were thrown into the system. The babies that were given up, whatever that looks like. Those that are fighting addiction today and threw them into the pit. Those that are homeless and are in the pit of not knowing where tomorrow's meal comes from. They went in with harshness. They were thrown in just like Jeremiah was. But Ebed-Melech, he took these garments and he put them around the rope so that when he threw the rope into the cistern, all the way down into the deep cistern, I can take this and I can put it all the way out. It would go far, but let's go this far. He put them down there to Jeremiah. And when Jeremiah looked up, what he saw was the face of a servant. And Ebed-Melech said, Jeremiah... Put those garments underneath your arms. Don't let the rope burn you. What I see in this is the mercy of Jesus Christ. I see the grace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit that when you and I get in pit and we expect harshness, we expect judgment, we expect horrible things, the Holy Spirit says, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to wrap my mercy. I'm going to wrap my grace. I'm going to wrap my kindness. I'm going to wrap my graciousness. I'm not going to say I told you so. I'm going to keep Belling you out and belling you out and belling you out and belling you out and belling you, you, you out until you can stand strong in the Lord. Someone stand and give Jesus praise. Come on. Someone stand all over this place and give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. 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 Someone worship him just for a moment. I'm not quite done. We praise you, Jesus. I thank you for your mercy. Thank you, you never gave up on me, Jesus. Thank you, you never left me in the pits of my life. Thank you, Jesus. When I looked up, it was not harshness or judgment, but it was the merciful eyes of King Jesus. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that pulled me out, Lord.
May we never forget. Someone say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. The Bible says, keep standing. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion, graciousness, long-suffering, and you never abandon mercy. You, Lord, are gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger. The Lord is good to all. Lamentations 3, though the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness that blesses that Pastor Hank said and I say over you the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you the way the Lord's face shines upon people is when you and I through our ministry to the homeless to Queen for a Day to the Esther Project men's ministry feeding when we extend the face of God to shine on them by saying I will not forget that once I was like you I could be harsh and say I told you so and not forgive you or I could extend the very rope of mercy and saying the Lord bless you I am his face shining upon you someone give Jesus praise hallelujah come on give him a big praise give him a big praise when you and I were in our sin and I'm going to pray over you Jesus Christ clothed himself in flesh and lowered himself into this world clothed with his own mercy and righteousness he said I looked for someone to work salvation but there was no one so I even I treaded the wine press alone they said why is your garment stained in blood oh Messiah because I trampled on their enemies and I gave my life for their salvation we have a great high priest who has passed through everything we would ever go through all of our weaknesses and knows what we feel and he says come boldly to the throne of grace to find help he pulled us out of the pit of sin he pulled us out of the pit of despair he did what Psalms 18 says I love you O Lord my strength the Lord is my rock and my fortress for I called upon the Lord and I cried out and he heard my voice from his temple my cry came before him even to his ears the earth shook and trembled the foundations of the hills began to quake and all of a sudden he was angry because of what I was going through and with darkness underneath his feet with the clouds as his chariot he began to thunder from heaven and he uttered his voice the sound of many waters I love the Lord for in the day of calamity he brought me out into a broad place and he delivered me somebody give him praise hallelujah fear is not your future he is water walkers God is calling us to pit dwellers God is reminding you that he will pull you out of every situation. Some of you are being prompted by the Holy Spirit to write something. And you don't have to put it in a pottery jar. Put it in a drawer. Decree something over something you're believing for. Jeremiah did this as a prophet declaration. And when you stand in Israel, you can say like me, the Lord is good as mercy endures forever. Because everything happened as God said it would. But things looked worse before they looked better. And they often do. But things can turn on a dime when God is in it. I want to say this to you before I pray over you. Ebed McMelech, a servant, oh, Ethiopian servant, beautiful man, dark, beautiful skin. I have many Ethiopian friends, Nigerian, beautiful people. 
God said to him, because you wonder, Lord, I'm doing all this. I'm just hearing the Spirit say, I'm doing all this, Lord. What is my reward? Ebed Melech did ask the Lord, but the Lord said to him in the book of Jeremiah, the 38th division, Ebed Melech, when the city is destroyed, those that you fear, you will not have to face them. For I will deliver you, says the Lord, and you will not fall by the sword. Listen, but your life shall be a prize to you because you trusted me. God says to you and I this morning as Ebed Melech's, because you surrendered your life to me. And you said, Lord, this is your life. Use it as you will. And you trusted me. I'm going to give your life back to you. And I'm going to keep you. And I'm going to save you. And that awesome, incredible Jeremiah, because i got to say this, what he wrote about Israel was put in the scroll. And Daniel, in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, that Nebuchadnezzar, is how we say that in Tennessee. He started digging in. If I can do this, anybody can do this. He started digging in the scrolls, and he found the prophecy of Daniel, or Daniel, I mean, prophecy of Jeremiah that said, in 70 years, I will visit my people, and I will bring them back. And God did it in that time. I'm going to tell you, nothing is without effect in the kingdom of God. Do we want our works to live on forever? I believe we do. With every hand lifted, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word this morning, Lord. So many different times I felt you anchor people, Lord. I felt you speak to people, Lord. You spoke to me. felt your power so strong here this morning. Spirit of the Lord, fear is not our future. For the prophet Jeremiah, he walked on water by continuing to believe against all odds, continuing to give. And, Lord, you reached down and pulled him up out of a pit when he was thrown in there just because he told the truth, Lord. There's people in this room, all of us that have scars, Lord, and we're trusted because we have scars. Other broken people in pits come to us. They come to us and we think, why me, Lord? Why do you use me? Because they sense that we've been in a pit before. And we won't chide them, but we'll love them and we'll speak to them. And they trust us because we've walked the dark places of the earth. Lord, I pray for every man and woman in this room, Lord. I pray in their path ahead of them, Lord. Anyone in a pit of despair, depression, overwhelming odds that they'll encounter, that you'll show them how to pull them out. Lord, it's not always so dramatic as a rope lowered into a cistern. Sometimes it's a gracious word, a handwritten note. Sometimes it's a call. Sometimes it's a response on a Facebook post. Sometimes it's a literal phone call that says, I'm thinking about you. Lord, give us ideas and show us with clarity holy spirit what we are to say to those who dwell in a pit and help us to believe for things even when they look so opposite of what we know you've told us lord i pray for every prodigal represented in this house every child every grandchild i pray for every promise lord god that might have been just shuffled away lord let us bring it out and decree and declare it for our families for our future lord that fear is not our future commission us today as you did with jeremiah let us as water walkers obey you father and let the kingdom be enlarged in jesus Jesus name and everyone said amen let's give him one more praise keep standing and I'll bless you so you take this word today and you walk it out find